Hey, podcast listeners, Ethan Millard and Alex Curie here from the Nightside Project podcast here at KSL Podcast. Get into Zen Headlines with us on the Nightside Project. Use hashtag Zen Headlines on social media to share stories that make you think, make you smile, spread love, spread joy, all those things. We'll share them on the Nightside Project podcast. One of the most popular podcasts ever. Nightside is a KSL podcast. Subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. Today on the show, we've got Anthony Lenzo. It's funny because it's a catch-22. They don't want you manufacturing overseas. They want you manufacturing like in North America. But once you do that and your prices, North American prices, that's another marketing, marketing hurdle. It's like, how come it's not $99? This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let them become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper. But uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, so totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co. And check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Anthony, thanks for making time. Thank you for having me, Jess. So we're going to have a fun episode. Um, You've you've won Emmys. You've been in movies with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. you owner at Val's Tech. Got a production company. Can you give us a little bit of a a list of your background here and what you're working on these days? Sure. Well, my background is... uh... I've been in the television and film industry since 1987. Uh, in 1993, I started Airsealand uh, Productions based in New York, and we specialize in aerial, camera cranes, underwater field production, point of view cameras, y- you name it. We do anything for broadcast and, and cinema. And most recently, about three years ago, I became a partner in Val's Tech. Uh, Val's Tech, if you know, we, we, we've designed the Lenzo housing, which is the underwater smartphone housing for iPhone. It's the only underwater housing that gives you touchscreen control and it's depth rated to 100 meters. And uh, it's pretty much, uh, it's changing the way a lot of people shoot with their phones underwater. Yeah, I, I want to talk about this, uh, especially the marketing aspect of people spend so much on a, you know, an iPhone 8 now or whatever, iPhone 10. And, uh, you know, how you guys, I'd love to have a discussion about helping people feel safe, bringing, sure. bringing these sure. expensive equipment underwater. Um, mm-hmm. But for people who, so, so give us a little bit of background of the kinds of companies, you know, the, the BBCs and 
ABCs and all the folks that you guys have done production for over the years? Well, that's an extensive list, but I'll give you off the top of my head, uh, Discovery Channel, National Geographic, BBC, uh, NHK, Japan's, um, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, you name the network, yeah. MTV. We've done pretty much for everybody. Again, I've been around since 1993, ASL has been established. So uh, whether it was for an underwater job or a jib job, a jib is basically a camera crane that's uh, part mechanical, part uh, servo driven. Um, so it builds for anywhere between six feet to 30 feet long. So we do a lot of that work. Uh, I've also done a lot of work uh, out of helicopters, filming it from helicopters, although that seems to be few and far between with, uh, with drones taking over now. Uh, so we do have a lot of drones, although it's New York and there's a lot of laws restricting us here, uh, but we do take them out and play with them a lot. Um, so that's pretty much it. You know, we basically in, in the uh, cinema and, uh, and television world, that's my background. Uh, I have a passion for diving, scuba diving. That's what, that's where the sea comes in. And I've always been tinkering with, if it doesn't exist, can we build it? So uh, I used to enjoy going to uh, hardware stores as a kid, Sears as a kid. Now it's a Home Depot. And basically, even if I wasn't buying anything, just seeing what exists in case I had to integrate something off the shelf, what could I build? I guess my dad taught me that at a young age, just to use what you have. And we built our bikes just by walking around and picking trash and going through what other kids were throwing out of their bikes. And we ended up building our own bikes. So always building something from nothing, but having the mind to come up with uh, conceptualize and build and design. So kind of like Imagineering was one of the things uh, as a kid, I, as a paper out, having a paper out, walking around and trying to kill two hours while I'm delivering papers, my mind would wander what could be next and, and what could the future hold as far as some products. Um, so that's it. And always wanting to shoot underwater, enjoying to shoot underwater, feeling naked without a camera in my hand underwater uh, and seeing where technology is going. Uh, seeing where technology is going and the prices of cameras and uh, traveling a lot with big and expensive equipment and a lot of cases. And then if I was taking a personal trip just recreationally, I didn't want to dr you know, drag around 12 to 13 cases with me, considering that TSA costs alone is $50 minimum. By the time you get your third case, it's $75 to $100. God forbid it should be overweight. But now I just pack everything into uh, into a backpack and I just shoot with my iPhone and I'm having a lot more fun shooting because I'm shooting video and popping off stills at the same time. And also at the same time, we've created something that we can put into the hands of anybody who scuba dives, anybody who surfs, anybody who snorkels. And everybody's got a smartphone or at least, you know, a good 50% of the people, 60 perhaps have iPhones. So we were able to take the idea that we had and put it into everybody's hand, just getting rid of that, that, that price range that jumps up to the pro level. And not everybody's going to want to experiment with shooting underwater. Well, now they can because everybody has a smartphone. Everybody knows how to use their native camera app. And we just made that, that transition easier. So the world that I so enjoy looking at and, and, and diving in and just and feeling, uh, everybody can. And with social media, we see them doing it. Yeah, you know, um, I, I want to talk, I think, you know, this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about innovation and a bunch of the things you invented before GoPro even came out. Um, before we go there, let's talk about the jib stuff for one second. Um, sure. So let's, you were Money Monster. This is a cool movie. I saw that on the airplane a, a little while back. Tell yes. us about getting involved there and, and being an extra and, and just 
uh, what it was like to be around George Clooney on set. You, you had some nice things to sure. say about him. Sure. Um, well, a good friend of mine, the A camera operator who was on Money Monster, his name is Steve Constantino. He, he was the A camera operator and Steadicam operator. Uh, he's a good friend of mine for years. He, uh, he sent me a text message. I was actually in Montreal at the time. And he said, hey, look, we're looking for a jib operator for this movie, but you also need to be in the movie because there's a studio camera, uh, three cameras in a studio, and one of them is a jib. And would you be interested in operating the jib and being in the movie? So, of course, it was it was a solid like three weeks worth of work. Uh, if you saw the movie, it's pretty quick, that whole studio scene. But it was three weeks worth of work uh, with a great crew, Jodie Foster directing. I've always enjoyed her films. And just wonderful to, to, to be working with her. And George Clooney was the talent. So uh, it was actually really cool because you work with a lot of celebrities. You don't, you don't get to really be you know, on, on a level of just seeing them every single day. But he, I swear, with, with him, there was like zero ego. He just stayed on set the whole time. We chatted up with anybody on the crew. It wasn't like you had to back away from conversation. I mean, of course, you didn't want to annoy him because he's rehearsing a script, but he just stayed out there the whole time and just... He just made the whole experience uh, pleasant, and it was just a fun gig to work on. Yeah, you know, you think about any anybody who's innovating anything, you typically need, you know, there's a team involved at some point, some yes. point, their support, right? And you think about somebody like that, so, you know, big A-list movie star. Um, it's interesting how much it invites other people to be their best selves when someone like mm -hmm. that can set the example of being a real live human, huh? Absolutely. I mean, you've worked, I've worked with, listen, I would say about nine out of 10 celebrities I work with are wonderful people. There are a few. And then you have to understand that, you know, if they're constantly hounded by paparazzi all day long or media and stuff, at one point you have to put up some sort of shield and defense. So I, I understand that, but it's just, it was just kind of nice to say, you know, at this very same level, we're, we're, you know, our, our, everybody's the same on this set. If, if you just took away everybody's, um, level or achievements we were all living and breathing and eating the same craft services and breathing the same air and we were all in the same environment so it was just nice to see that someone of his status you wouldn't even know he put himself at the same level as everybody else which which made it pleasant to work with for three days and it's long days 14 16 hour days but you just don't mind it when when you're working with someone who puts in just as much as you do well and just think about you know you think about humility as a competitive advantage, you know, any mm -hmm. business partnership has disagreements and, and concerns and issues. And, and, sure. you know, we're going to be talking about this Kickstarter where you guys, you got over your $60,000 goal. Now, now the housing actually exists and you're selling it. Um, I guarantee that there's times that you had difference of opinions with the folks that you're building this whole program with in your mind. What, what's the competitive advantage of humility in your mind? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's a matter of it, speaking of egos before, just putting all of that aside and looking at what's the current situation in front of us right now and, and distancing yourself from it, from being in the actual situation and trying to look at it like a third party um, so that there is no humility involved. It's just a situation that you're trying to understand and what's the best way to resolve it. It's kind of that, what would Jesus do kind of attitude? And it's more of like a, what would Buddha do or something like that? Just step aside from it and think about it. 
how would someone else react in this situation? Or how would someone else see fit to, to clear this situation up? Um, you know, the problem is everybody, uh, you know, you bring a bunch of even grown men to a table and somebody can have an emotional outburst. And sometimes that starts off a chain reaction and it gets you nowhere. So it's just a matter of finding a moment to sit back, find your headspace, uh, just breathe and look at the situation, just back up, back up from it and look at it outside, outside of the room. And uh, sometimes that's the best time to make it, you know, your decision. If it's not instantaneous, sometimes just keep your mouth shut and then come back a little later on. Waiting 10 seconds can save you a lot of anger and stress. And, uh, and, and actually, in 10 seconds, you can, you can clear your head and make the right decision. You know, it sounds so simple, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but um, you know, we've got uh, our consulting firm, Mylan Advisors, we've got an FBI hostage negotiator, you know, 20-year guy who, who consults for some of our companies, our clients now, and they call it uh, having tactical patience, mm. <laughs> you know? Interesting, and, sure. And uh, how it's interesting what a time saver having a little patience can be, uh, you know, like take, you know, taking those deep breaths, taking that 10 seconds, how yep. we get impatient, we want everything right now, and how it actually ends up saving time to wait and like be our best version of ourselves before we open our mouth, huh? Sure. And, and listen, it, it's easier to preach it. it. It's the practice, that stuff. And, and, and I get caught in it myself quite, quite a bit. And then sometimes I, I save myself I'm like, wow, that could have gone that could have gone in a whole different direction if I had reacted the way the Sicilian blood in me would have wanted to react. <laughs> but just taking that 10 seconds and just waiting, um, it does. It really helps. So I actually think this is a good place to pause for just a minute to tell you about one of our show sponsors. I was actually pretty excited when Skillshare reached out. You know, a lot of our listeners know I'm a real learning nerd, really into the audiobooks and things like this. And these guys have a ton of great classes. Um, there's like 16,000 classes on their website, but you only pay one monthly price. You don't have to pay per class like a number of the services out there. So it's unlimited access with a low monthly price kind of thing. But the, the breadth of the classes and the quality of them, I'm actually really impressed with. I was on there for just a few minutes and I had like a dozen classes I've, I've saved to take. There's stuff on social media marketing, mobile photography, logo design, just all sorts of things for growing a business or creative things. Um, and what's nice is they're letting me give away a free month. Um, if you go to Skillshare.com slash leader, uh, you can get a free month. Um, the class that I would recommend for sure right off the bat, though, is from Seth Godin. I'm a big Seth Godin fan, read all his books. A lot of my friends are too. But he's got a class on there called the Modern Marketing Workshop that I, I really could not recommend enough. It's I actually think it's better than a number of his books because it's super broken down, specific how-tos, answer this question for yourself, make a plan, write it down. Um, it's not as much general uh, marketing advice. It's like specific. You need to do stuff different if you watch this. Anyways, Skillshare.com slash leader, get a free month. There's tons of stuff on there worth checking out. But, but uh, my personal recommendation the Modern Marketing Workshop by Seth Godin is the one that uh, I think you should at least check out. Anyways, let's get back in the interview. Well, I, I think a, a really interesting conversation to have with you is um, obviously a gifted inventor. We're going to talk more about some of the other things you came up with besides this housing. And for everyone who doesn't understand, you know, go to valstech.com, V-A-L-S, 
T-E-C-H.com. You can see this thing. It's a, it's a plastic housing that goes around your iPhone 7 or iPhone 7 Plus, whatever. And it's got a great big lens on the front. Um, and explain to me, I mean, there's so many people that are magically captivated by underwater cinema, right? And there's such good cameras coming out in these iPhones these days. Explain to me your first thoughts of how are we going to help, how are we going to have people feel safe enough that this thing is actually not going to let their phone get wet? Yeah, that's a very good, very good question. Um, because our lives live on our phones. I mean, you see people now, I, I look around, on, I ride, when I ride the New York City subway, there was a time 15 years, 10, 15 years ago, people had magazines and newspapers and they were interacting with some sort of object or you know paper or just reading but now it's everybody's face is buried in their phone our life is on the phone we book our ticket we 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 print our well we have our boarding passes our e-boarding passes we use our maps on the go while we're uh while we're traveling everything you can literally travel book your trip and return all with one device in your hand but now what we've done is we said well you're taking pictures as well and take it everywhere go underwater with it and then come up and edit, and then share it on social media. So now this device has got everything. But when people hear this, well, take it underwater, but what if something happens? I understand that. Believe me, I've lost a lot of gear, broadcast gear, where you know the price of a, a camera phone pales in comparison to some of the gear that can get damaged. We just wanted to make sure that that wouldn't happen to the customers and individuals that are excited about our product. We didn't want to be the ones that would ruin their vacation. See, our, our founder, Valorant Atkins, who started Valstech, he also started a company called Amphibico. Um, he was one of the leading pioneers, just for even National Geographic. He built the first domes and some of the first housings for them. He started a company called Aquatica and Amphibico. So it's definitely not his first rodeo. Uh, he's built and designed pressure tanks to, you know, to safely test these products, to take it down to a depth of 100 meters. So anytime he's built something, it always had to withstand those pressures, and, you know, that pressure and those forces at depth. So um, with that knowledge, there's over 75 years combined experience with the entire team that we have, uh, all with underwater. It's not like we just woke up one day and said, let's just build a housing for this. No, we, we definitely had the experience in the background for building and designing, building and manufacturing underwater equipment. Uh, and Val takes pride in that. So... Uh, Taking that, again, each housing is pressure tested to 100 meters. If it leaks during the pressure test, it never hits the market. Uh, and we will find it, what the cause is and try to figure out, is this going to happen? Can this happen on location? So we simplified the design. You know, one main O-ring is what seals like most housings, but uh, it's a secure seal. Uh, our dome is a secure seal. Uh, there aren't any issues. Again, what we do is we, you know, we also want to educate the customers. And some of these people, because it's a consumer housing technically, it's their first housing, and they're not necessarily familiar with O-rings or that the O-ring can go dry. If you're not using it for a while or if it's sealed for a while, there could get some flat spots. So we just want to make sure that they understand that. If they take the proper safety measures and just look after it like they look after anything else that they own or especially dive gear, they can have you know years, hours, years, plenty of dives that will enjoy the, uh, their housing. But again, just to let them know that it is safe to take their iPhone underwater. And what helps us is that the iPhone 7 and iPhone 8 are water resistant. So if it were to take on water, if they didn't maintain their O-ring, if, if it had a little leak or something like that, they'll slowly see it filling up. It's not gonna gush in unless they totally remove their O-ring. 
Um, but if it slowly gets it, they'll have plenty of time to get to the surface to dry it out. So it's definitely, although their phone is water resistant right now with an IP rating of 67, it's, uh, it's, it's only good for one meter at about five minutes. That's what Apple recommends. With ours, you can take it down indefinitely to 100, you know, 100 meters and, and, and leave it there. So um, is, it, is it mostly because, you know, you can't guarantee, I mean, user error, an OEing drying out, you can't guarantee that nothing will happen. <laughs> you know, you've got how many years in the production industry knowing stuff happens, right? Oh, that, that's correct. And you, so you, 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 can't, you can't put a guarantee. Listen, the one thing we can't sell is common sense. <laughs> right. And, and in instance, the best thing you can do is just let the people know. So our product does have, it has a, not a warning, but it just says properly maintain it. We have a link as far as maintaining your O-rings and a video on how to maintain the O-rings on it. We can educate them. You yeah, know, you can it have seems a Volvo, like... which is a safe car, but if you if you if you don't do your you change your oil or or, or you know or maintain Drive your brakes, safely. Yeah. that's going to happen as well. So, it sounds like a lot of what you had to do is is come at it. You know, is the credibility look look at how many years we've been filming underwater? Look at the other things Val's already built, and mm -hmm. it sounds like a lot of track record is is how mm -hmm. you got the the you know people to believe it would actually work. Um, you know, I just have a thought here is, you know, they're not the, they're not the cheapest housings on earth, but when I was looking at a, you know, we were talking earlier about that red camera we have, I was looking at an underwater housing for that. And it was in to the tens of thousands for our, yeah. for, for mm -hmm. waterproof housing for that, to be able to get something like this for, I think the, what the seven, eight one is. 380 yes. is that sound right well the, the 78 is is 370 and I, we're actually having a, a holiday special right now so <laughs> here's your sales you opportunity get, you get, get it now folks yeah and our seven plus and eight plus units they're machined from aluminum we've had the pro users the pro uh photographers dslr owners that have seen the the advantage of shooting with an iphone uh less to travel with and it's quick you know quicker setup everybody's phone is on them so a lot of these guys had requested, hey, can we have it, you know, they're used to aluminum housing. So we made it out of aluminum. We like, we're, gonna, we're going to stick with it. That increases our price range, but it's also just another level of security for these pros. Look, it's aluminum now. It's not ABS plastic. Yeah. Although the plastic was great. They're used to aluminum. They're used to that feel and that little yeah. bit of the weight. So our 7 and 8 Plus is more of the pro unit. They, they're operationally, they're identical. And that one's but what seven fifty? Is that right? Yeah, that's that that's that's seven fifty. I'd like to go lower, but here, you see, the, the the problem is with manufacturing today. We're not at scale where we're manufacturing twenty five, thirty five thousand, or fifty thousand of these yeah. each. You know, a year or a month. We're doing it slowly. Each one is assembled by hand. Sadly, we live in a Walmart society where everybody expects everything to be under a hundred dollars. It's funny because it's a catch-22. They don't want you manufacturing overseas. They want you manufacturing you know, like in North America. But once you do that and your prices, North American prices, that, that, you know, that's another marketing, yeah. marketing hurdle. It's like how well, come it's not $99? Well, and I'd love to talk about that because – so for instance, you know, as, a, as a guy who goes weak in the knees for a new camera tech, mm -hmm. <laughs> right, and I've spent tens of thousands on, on camera – crap basically yep. right yep. there in a way i can see the like the price tag indicating oh no these guys are serious like mm -hmm. i can probably actually trust myself if it's that expensive they must really know what they're doing yeah but then you've got the other issue of man i'm used to amazon.com and alibaba and wh whatever yes. you know everything's 99.99 right mm -hmm. so um thinking about that i mean you guys 
there are not that many Kickstarters that have reached over $60,000. Let's talk about specifically there. What what do you feel like it was that that got you the credibility with this target market? And it sounds like surfers and divers were, were kind of right up the fairway for you. Is that, mm-hmm. is that kind of who you're surfers targeting? Surfers and divers, exactly. That's, that's what I'm seeing the most. Uh, there's a guy in, 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 who's I, he's in England. He, he keeps posted on Instagram a bunch of uh, surfing photos. I'm really happy to see them. Divers as well. Uh, but I, I'm actually, because of my background with digital, with, with cinema and in, in television industry, the broadcast professionals that I know are starting to embrace it as well. Because it's smaller, it's like, well, look, we, we've all seen that GoPro can do. I remember when GoPro first came out, a lot of the networks were saying, well, only less than 5% of the footage can be acquired by GoPro, you know, can be GoPro uh, acquisition of footage that's provided. And that quickly changed. Um, so I saw that market share as a rental company in New York with my other company, Air sea Land. I saw how GoPro was taking away a lot of work from the larger productions or, or having a RED system, having the F- F900 system. I was like, wow, it's, it's becoming and, – and even our rentals were cut because now it's something affordable where even our client would go out and buy five or six cameras that mm-hmm. came with its own housing. So we're like, okay, at least we know the iPhone's here. Everybody's got it. There is zero learning curve. You don't have to change the battery. You don't have to do the sticker. You can, you can actually post right from the phone. It's all in one device. Let's work on that one. Um, so, yeah, that's what we did. And, you know, again – I'm sorry, I chased my time. But back to as far as price-wise, knowing that the price was right uh, for us, back in the day, now you you said you have a red system. Yeah, those housings are quite expensive. But before that, when we built for the HD cam, the HDW F700 and F900, that housing was $69,000 at the time. The camera and lens was about $120,000. And then if you went and bought, you know, you went out on a trip and needed blank tapes, uh, which would run you about, uh, you know, forty-minute loaders. I think they were anywhere between fifty-five and seventy-five dollars a tape. So one case of ten tapes was the same price as your phone. <laughs> wow. Now I got all of that in, yeah. you know, in a, in a solid-state drive on my phone at much better quality than this one hundred twenty-thousand-dollar so, camera of sixteen years ago. Yeah. So how did you how did you get the word out? What what did you do to get the divers and surfers to find out about? The, the Kickstarter launch and, and obviously your continuing sales now. We started uh, two years, you know, two years ago at DEMA, which is the Diving Equipment Manufacturing Association. Their their big convention. We went from uh, it was in Orlando at the time. That was our first launch, just to kind of test it to see. It. And, and people were interested. Uh, we weren't the first ones, I'll be honest with you, uh, out of the gate. But we were the ones that made it functional. Meaning you didn't have to download any special app if you're used to using the same app on your phone, the camera app, the native camera app from Apple, and you can swipe. So we were the first ones. We have a patent. Our patent is our swing arms, which allow you to swipe underwater. Uh, so you can zoom and you can iris and, and you know you can shuttle through different apps. There's, there's a number of third-party apps that actually work with our product underwater. So we were the first ones to do that, to make it functional and to make it fun. When people saw that you can swipe with it, I mean, especially zooming, and I noticed at the trade shows, when I would show people that you can zoom, they were, they were really just blown away. And then we had two built-in color correction filters, which we wanted to do because uh, I have three GoPro color filters. Um, and the reason why I own them, I didn't buy those, is on one dive, I found three filters. And I know why, because people will strap a GoPro to the head or to their chest with their color filters jump in the water, 
not realizing because they can't look above them. They're not looking down at their chest, really, and realize that the filter popped off. So we put in not one but two color correction filters. You're not going to lose them. They're not going to crack. Uh, and they're always going to be there on every dive. And if and you don't need them, you flip them out of the way. And they're still internal in the housing. So you're just not going to lose them. And so do you feel like, and, and we should probably cut off part one and, and have everybody tune into part two of the episode to, to continue mm -hmm. the conversation here. But, but maybe to close with, do you feel like it was because you knew you were speaking the language of that ideal customer because you are that ideal customer yourself? Do you feel mm -hmm. like that's like you actually executed and you knew you were speaking their language? Or, or why do you think you made it when other housings didn't? Um, I think, you know, I think the language, um, we just, you know, also that, you know, the fact that our housing floats, and I think we showed that in our, our Kickstarter video, we showed that it's functional, that you can swipe and you can get into your settings. So basically these little, there was, you know, we didn't want to make any restrictions for you, especially underwater. If you needed to change something real quick, you can do that. Um, and I think the experience, I think the photos speak for themselves as far as what we were able to do. And it's just like, oh, wow, well, that's a great idea. That's something that can be done. There's, a, there's someone who just launched a, a product recently, a competition um, just recently, but they pulled their campaign. And uh, I'm not 100% sure why. Technically, I think I know why, but I, I, I don't want to say it. But um, they claim to be the first with an underwater touchscreen, but that's not true because we were the first. And I had a couple of customers actually send me the link to their kicks to that Kickstarter campaign saying, get a load of this. They're claiming to be the first for underwater touchscreen, but that's, that's not the truth there. Um, I think we just made it, we just made it fun. We just made it seem like something that everybody wants to take with them and should in their dive bag and their travel bag and honeymoon. It's, you know, it's, it's small, it's light, it's fun. Um, you know, I, I, I play with it a lot topside, not even underwater, just saying, what else can I do with this thing? Yeah. Well, you know? um, I keep thinking about it. You know, now you're getting me to want one because I'm thinking <laughs> about snowmobiling and snowboarding in the backcountry. And, uh, you know, with the slow-mo capabilities on an iPhone yep. versus getting on a tripod and stuff or red, right? Um, yep. But not one to drop the phone in the snow, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Listen, uh, I think that, I think it's a great place to to end part one of the episode. Everybody, please okay. tune in. We're going to keep talking to Anthony about um, not just this housing, but the other things that that he's invented and and just why his route to innovation has actually produced results. So, thanks for tuning in, and please catch our next episode. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about: if you remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and. Trent Mano. I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks.
At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.